welcome to the American Pale Males podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and with me, it's the other host. It's the perpetually technically disabled Jeremy. That disabled is a bad <laughs> word. Uh, technically botch-filled? Perplexed? Perplexed is a good yeah. way. It makes me sound like it's not all my fault. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, but we're here. We push through the technical difficulties, and we're ready for another episode. Jeremy, let's just get into it. Beer brag, you sounded kind of excited when you found out which one you were going to do. What is it? So, Michael, the this past, uh, whenever, uh, as you may, the people may or may not know, we kind of operate on a slight delay here. Um, mm-hmm. I did it. As the next segment will prove. Yes. Uh, I, <laughs> speaking of that, we went to Oscars movie trivia this past Thursday at Back Pocket Brewing, and they Ooh. did a collaboration beer with West O, which I believe is an Okaboji, and I don't okay. think we've used them yet on the show. No, I've not heard of them, yeah. But they had a beer called Super NES. Okay. Super <laughs> New England style, Michael. Okay, okay. It's just the, you know, with craft breweries and their borderline slash overt copyright infringement. This one I, I'll give a pass to because that's <laughs> kind of a clever pun. It is. But uh, this hazy New England style DDH DIPA is an East West Iowa collaboration with Back Pocket Brewing. This color text is coming from West O, by the way, and mm-hmm. was brewed with El Dorado Mosaic and Idaho 7 hops, all combined for a super burst of tropical flavors, including pineapple, passion fruit, and apricot. Oh, oh. And uh, by God, what was really, really weird about this one is that it claims to be a New England style uh, DIPA, but it is not hazy. Okay. Okay. I think I've a rare breed. but Which, yeah. which is not inherently an issue. It's just weird because when you have that smell and that taste and absolutely no bitterness, you expect to see haze. But this was... Just that, yeah. I mean, yeah. it may have been a little flocculent, but... It wasn't uh, like orange juicy. Oh God, no! Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, the fruit hits really hard. The stone fruits, I think, were the best part. The pineapple was just enough. I don't really know what a passion fruit tastes like, <laughs> yeah. but I'll assume that it was like that. And we got second out of three in that Ooh. trivia. What was the reward? Uh, Twenty-five dollar gift card for second place. Not Fifty for bad. first. Uh, so final Jeopardy question. We had actually looked up before we went there not knowing that it would be a final Jeopardy question. But it was just one of those the wife of the show had punched in Oscar trivia into Google. And Uh this was one one of the things that came up on the website. It was three movies have won the big five, which means they have won Best Picture, Director, Actor, Actress, and Screenplay, either original or adapted. Sure. In a single year. Name two of them. Gosh. The Godfather? wrong oh uh probably really older ones 91 75 and 34 Mm, 91 no yeah you gotta go for it i'm never gonna think of it silence of the lambs was 1991 okay one flew over the cuckoo's nest in 1975 which was remains a killer movie Mm -hmm. and i think 1934 was it happened one night but that was the one that we could not quite remember so thankfully it was two out of three uh, but I think the question that got us was the pick six, where he gives you a question that has well more than six answers, but you have to pick six. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you get like two points each or something? Or so, Yes, yes, exactly that. Yeah. 
and it was uh, 22 people have won either an acting or a directing Oscar for their debut film. Ooh. Name six. We only got two. Oh, man. It, that'd be a lot of second guessing, a lot of uh-huh. false starts. Yeah, that'd be tough. We definitely put the woman from Nebraska on there. <laughs> yeah. The movie Nebraska. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, although I suspect she was probably in movies before that one. We only got Tatum O'Neill and Anna Paquin. Jeez, I wouldn't. That's that's. I wouldn't even got that. Almost all of them were unrecognizable to yours truly. But wow. and enough jibber jabber, Michael. What about your beer brag? Uh, this is a barrel aged stock ale from Guinness Open Gate Brewery. I think it's just this is kind of their stout. So this is made in the U.S. too. It's in made in baltimore maryland and it is just a stout that is aged in bullet bourbon barrels oh yeah i've heard of this one yeah so i think it's kind of guinness trying to get in on the barrel craze i don't know if it's a craze anymore but and they've earned it i say that's okay yeah oh yeah that's that's, yeah um and it was okay it was just like there was really nothing wrong with it, but there was no like outstanding flavor. Had that good barrel taste to it. It was more barrel than beer. Okay. Um, but it wasn't overpowering at the same time. So it was tasty, but it didn't have that beer component there. So to me, if you want, this could be like the standard to weigh other barrel-aged beers against because this had nothing wrong with it nothing really going for it so it's it's the 3.0 or are we going 2.5 are we trying to be more judicious with our rating <laughs> hit that bell curve oh yeah uh i guess i'd 3.0 yeah the the truly average craft beer i would say that we kind okay. of you know rate on a more elevated scale one thing that i'm seeing on this uh Description of it, Michael, from mm-hmm. the Irish Post. Well, IrishPost.com. Yes. Is it this is a mix of an imperial stout and a barley wine? Here's some color text for you. But that, yeah, go for the color text there. Diageo has, is it Diageo? Diageo? I think Diageo. Diageo has unveiled a new Guinness ale the company is describing as a, quote, hearty and full bodied beer, end quote, and it comes with a hefty kick at 10%. Guinness stock ale aged in bullet bourbon barrels is a blend of Guinness barley wine and a Guinness imperial stout. A Guinness imperial stout, uh-huh. not the Guinness imperial stout. As in keeping with standard stock ales, which are usually a blend of two distinctive styles. Oh, that answers a lot. Both beers have been aged in bullet bourbon barrels before being blended together for the limited edition brew, which I think is actually a fascinating idea. Yes. That you, that you age separately. Then combine. Yeah. That uh, that kind of explains it a little more. Maybe that's why it didn't have like a huge like roast flavor or something like that. Because, yeah, half barley wine. Um, oh, that's interesting. That uh, makes me appreciate it a little more. Tan uh, label with a uh, the bullet orange yep. label on it? Oh, yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for figuring out that beer brag. Googling ever so slightly. Yeah. Um. There we go. Yeah. So, I, you know, you might like it. I know you like uh, whiskey more than me. Even though it wasn't a big slap of whiskey flavor, I don't know. Uh-huh. You might like it. I think it's kind of expensive, but um, it is a recommended retail price of a four pack for nineteen ninety nine. So yes, it is a little pricey, but yeah, it, we'll put it this way: when I see this as a single 
or on uh, discount or clearance, I will definitely get one. Yeah, I was going to say it might be worth a single just to uh, dip it, your beak into. I, I just don't know where they're going for this or like what crowd they're going for. Yeah, it's kind of weird. That's kind of what I was thinking too. Because it's it, Guinness is, there's nothing wrong with Guinness. Everyone that likes craft beer almost certainly has a begrudging respect for Guinness because they, they're the first one. Right. For, you know, more or less. Yeah, yeah, in a, in a way. So it's it's got the credibility of the Guinness name, and they've never really done anything save that IPA that really <laughs> crapped the bed. Right. But it's also they're coming on, like, what, Goose Island started doing this, the barrel-aged stuff, like, what, 12 years ago, 15 years ago? Yeah, yeah. So they're a little bit late to the game, but I don't know. Yeah, I guess yeah, they're finally leveraging their fact that they're also a Dia Geo's also owns all those liquor spirits, all those labels. So maybe they're kind of That's right, they using do that don't synergy. They? Now, but that was still some time ago when they created that big merger. So It's true. Now Jeremy, you mentioned the Oscars. I did. <laughs> and I I want to go back <laughs> to two weeks ago because at the time of this recording we finally have the results. We do. And uh, I just wanted to do a checkup on what you were kind of predicting and wanted to win and what did win. So, now, yes. The Before you, we get going, the wife and I went to... Oh, yeah. Film, Tell... Yeah. How was we, this? We went to film scene to watch the Oscars on the big screen because we've always kind of... Well, I've always kind of wanted to see what it was like. And now that they have a comically large screen and just superb setup for it, I just wanted to check it out. So she surprised me at Christmas time with a little fake ticket that says, hey, we're going to go. <laughs> and we went on Sunday to watch the Oscars, and it was a full house. Wow. They, they had it showing on both theaters, and they had a projector showing it in the, uh, in the lobby. Was anybody wearing a tuxedo? Uh, the guys that were in the crowd did not generally dress up, with a few exceptions. Uh, I think a few of them were rich people they were trying to get to donate. Oh, okay. But there was one guy who was wearing a, a fine suit, and his lady friend had an incredibly sparkly dress. I think there was a lot of, like, mirrors or, like, pseudo-mirror-y stuff. I'm not a fashion person. If <laughs> yeah. my wife was here, she would probably be giving me the stink eye right now. <laughs> okay. But, uh, but uh, a lot of the women were in finery. I guess you would call it. Finery, like, yes. Not like we're going to the fancy restaurant finery, but very nice dresses. Yeah. I was... Okay, now back to your... So that now that the play, the table is set. Yes. Go back I, to your question, I have a, please. another quick question. Did they just, just basically show the broadcast stream? Like, so yeah, they, they streamed it from... came up and stuff too? And, yes. Okay. Yes. I'm just curious. Now, I'm pretty sure it was the, the actual stream and not them just like, plugging uh like a cable box into it or anything like that <laughs> right yeah yeah because the commercials tended to repeat themselves as they are wont to do on a streaming service and because they had problems getting it set up before it came on it like kicked on right as the first presenter was coming oh up. well that's good timing well miss janelle monet she uh she sang an introduction so i'm a little chapped that i've missed that but i will yeah. catch up on it yeah but questions Yes. So, okay. So here's what you did. So for, for best actress, you didn't have a fave in that. Oh, you kept track of this. Yes. You did predict Renee Zellweger would win. And I was right. And Judy. And she did. She looked weird. Uh, I'm, 
uh, I was told that she apparently got into some sort of accident or she had to have a bunch of uh, plastic surgery that was not of the vanity type that the Hollywood types are want to do. Yes. And so she looks... It's like an Uncanny Valley version of Renee Zellweger that we remember from back in the day. Yeah, this is the first year that I've watched the Oscars in probably over a decade. We didn't watch the whole thing. We watched from actor onward, so like the last... Oh, so you caught the end of it. Okay. Um, But yes, still, that's more than ever in a long time. Sure, sure. But yeah, uh, so I would agree with your assessment there. It's kind of like something something going on or... Yeah. Her upper lip looks the weirdest to me. Yeah. I'm glad she's okay. She rambled on for far too long. <laughs> yeah, I kind of... She just she just kept going, man. Did some dishes at that point. <laughs> Next, we have actor. Yeah. And you were kind of hedging here. You didn't really have a favorite to win. You like Leo. You like A Driver. You liked Joaquin Phoenix. They were all good, man. I never saw the two popes. Yeah. Or one pope, for that matter. <laughs> um, but you, you thought... Uh, Joaquin Phoenix would take it, and he did for Joker. Indeed, he also rambled on, but he did to, yeah. uh, more of, for more of a point, I guess. He kind of had several points. He uh, He's so about cows, it, then yeah, yeah, artificially inseminated cows, no less. Yeah, um, and he brought up his brother at the end, which was touching. Yeah, he he did. That was very nice. Um, I've seen little. We watched the Golden Globes whenever those were a month or so ago and i th- i think he knew at that point that he was going to be just racking up awards left and right and i don't get the feeling that he was comfortable with it oh just based on kind of uh his peers and well not necessarily not or? necessarily that i just get the feeling that he's just that he's realizing that he's been a bit of a twit in his oh, past yeah. as he referenced in the his speech yeah, that was a uh, humble. So his uh, inseminating the cows and just like <laughs> yeah. he, for those who didn't watch, he was making a point about you know animal cruelty, and like making a point to like, hey, maybe don't eat animals or go to a plant based diet, you know, yeah, which right, rock on, good work, I suppose. I imagine we'll probably all have to do that at some point <laughs> before we all die. But he also was. His disdain for cancel culture, I thought, was done very well. Yeah, it wasn't. A, it was a very measured response. I think it, it wasn't. He wasn't too harsh, and he he made a good point. It wasn't necessarily one of those. Well, they can say it, so why can't I? Sort of thing. <laughs> right. It, it was, wasn't stand-up comedian. <laughs> no, it was just like, isn't humanity at its best when we can, you know, give redemption? And I agree because. While there are certainly people who do not deserve redemption, one right. of them is on trial in Los Angeles right yeah, now. Yeah, right. Yes. Um, I think a lot of them who are just like that were keeping in line with the times are okay. It's sort of like, I be- if correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Mr. Phoenix's reaction was just like, "Look, just just do better in the future," right? Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I think he he did ramble for quite some time. Right. He, like you said, he used himself as an example. Although he is weren't as egregious. Although. Yeah. Yeah. Like he said, he said he was difficult to work with, and maybe not a molester or anything. Like that. <laughs> right. So he. Yeah. So to use himself as an example. That's solid. Yeah. Right. We, I was discussing that on our way home, way back from the theater last night. 
Like, I like that he used himself as an example instead of, we can do better, Tom. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. Next award. Uh, that'd be director. Uh, Jeremy, you were all in for QT, Quentin Tarantino. I was. You wanted him to win, and you also thought he would win. But the narrative of the night became... The bong hive. Yes. What is the hive all about? I saw that on Twitter. I'm like, what is it's, it's So you may remember that Beyonce had her beehive, bayhive. Yeah. They just changed it to the bong oh, hive. <laughs> great. Which, yes. which I think is delightful. Um, uh, bong Joon-ho for Parasite won that one. So, Michael, you are more familiar with uh, Korean pronunciations than I am. Yeah. Spike Lee, did you notice this? Was this bothering you? How it sounded like he was saying Pong, like the video game? Um, or do you think he was just hitting the B really, really hard? No, so I, I, I didn't see this award. I didn't see Spike Lee say that. But the B is somewhere in between a B and a P. And it can actually sound kind of similar. The because it's, it's not a B, it's it's like its own, you know. Okay, it's just something that doesn't have a direct analog in right. Western and English. The closest is B, but it also could have a really a P sound. Okay, thank you for clearing that up. So I imagine he might have actually been correct, <laughs> being yeah more sensitive to the pronunciation. Yes. I when I saw that I was like, I'm going to ask Michael about this tomorrow, <laughs> but. I got the distinct feeling that it was one of those situations when, like, someone who knows how to, like, roll their R's or, right, yeah, or, yeah. like, has can do a Spanish accent despite not being Spanish, like, says Guillermo del Toro, but hit really hits the accent, right, or right, orders guacamole, or yeah, it's kind of like, whoa, where'd that come from? Well, actually, they're right, best picture, uh-huh. and Jeremy, you wanted Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Or Parasite to win, yep. but you thought 1917 would win. I did. And I'm glad I was wrong. Yeah, the surprise, I would say it was a surprise of the night. Yeah. Parasite, capping it off, the fourth award for the movie, uh, took that home. He's the uh, the first person since Walt Disney to win four awards in one night. I heard that, yeah, which is which incredible. Is wild. That's been like since 55 or something, I think. Yeah, it's probably for like Snow White or something like that, or, you know, one of those. Cinderella, I don't know. Something early like animations, yeah. And so the, the, the thing is, they usually, when they have like these widely critically acclaimed movies that are but subtitles, like Roma last year. Mm-hmm. They'll give them a uh, best foreign feature. I'm I'm glad they've switched that to best international. Oh yeah, that sounds much better. Which uh, he did bring up in his speech, because he's just like, oh hey, you can do a movie in Spanish and be in America, and technically right. he did an English movie because a foreign film is technically could be an English film, like from the country England. Right. Yeah. So I that's one of those things that. I can see like certain older types having a beef with, but oh I God, think it's yeah. the way to go. Yeah, because it's accurate. <laughs> it's yeah, it's accurate, and it's it's just like yeah, all right. Mostly, they usually give them just you know best inter- what is now known as the international feature. It's occasionally, director like they did last year, I believe they gave Alfonso Cuarón something else. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But then they gave friggin' Green Book. <laughs> and you know, you know what? I'm going to say that this. At the very least, puts them at even. Like they, they've at least wiped the taint of that out, if not gone back into the black on that one. 
Okay. Yeah, and correcting so that I'm... best picture. It was uh, funny. They tried to play off producers, and I guess it was probably cast up there for Parasite. And Translator, who is also a director in her own right. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I just found that out today. And then the the crowd, the Hollywood elite, got them to turn the lights back on. I did enjoy seeing a like one-second shot of Tom Hanks. Yeah, that was pretty great. <laughs> like, uh, enthusiastically telling the... Oh, uh, oh, yeah, oh, saying oh, up, up, up. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It almost looked like they were doing this Samoa Joe uh, shock of rock thing <laughs> when he comes out to the music, but it wasn't. Yeah. And it's easy to see. So basically, to my sum it up, I'm uh, the wife got more guesses correct than I did. I got mm-hmm. 11. She got 13 because she used common sense on like the makeup and the uh, uh, the costume stuff, the mm-hmm. stuff that I missed. Her reasoning was, it's a period piece, duh. <laughs> yes. Like, ah, crap, you're right. But uh, it could be easy for a cynic to say that this was just, you know, an over a course correction from all the crap they got from last year for putting an objectively bad movie is the best one because mm-hmm. it had like the good black person on there um, oh yeah i see what you're saying but it's so good and his movies have been so awesome for so long i i don't think we're going to go to the theater again it was like it was fun to do it once and mm-hmm. have the experience but uh it's a long show yeah i was gonna say if you're in for the whole thing that's that's a long time to... I, I did eat a lot of free food, though, so that was cool. Oh, that's a nice perk. Yeah, but Michael, yes, that's, that's enough of that. I, I'm i not tired of talking about movies because I'm never really tired, but I am tired of talking about fancy movies, or at least these fancy movies. So how about we move on to the FDR, where we find a beer, drink a beer, and rate a beer. That sounds like a great idea, Jeremy. This week, we're continuing down our own narrative adventure with the APM Pod Dark Hole series. And uh, this week we have uh, kind of an odd duck. It I've is never... an odd one. Uh, we'll see how this goes. The website was hard to bring up. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, this is from, uh, I haven't said this out loud yet, McOslin. McOslin. Which is weird because it's in Quebec, and that sounds kind of Scottish. It does uh, sound kind of Scottish. Yeah. McCoslin Brewing Company. Just, just go for it, dude. Yeah, just yeah. Just uh, this go, is man. Saint Amber, Saint yeah, Saint Ambrose, Saint Ambrois. Ambrois. Yeah, I don't know. So it, okay, where this is in Quebec. Yeah. Okay, so that's Frenchy then, Saint Ambrois. Okay, I'll yeah, we'll take that. Uh, oatmeal stout. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have some color text if you would like them. Michael. Yes, please. St. Amboise Oatmeal Stout's expert blend of deeply roasted malts has made it an international medal winner, including one of the nine platinum medals awarded at the 94 World Beer Cup. Good Lord. (laughs) You'll fall in love with your first sip of this rich brew punctuated by espresso and chocolate notes topped with a thick, creamy head with just a hint of mocha. This is an oatmeal stout, as Michael had mentioned. It's 5% ABV. It has Cascade Willamette and Golding Hops. IBUs of 42.5, which seems a little bit high for a stout. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, OG of 14.2, uh, and it's got all these things that it's at, and it says to serve in a stout glass, which I have sitting here. There you go. The griffin, dragon, whatever that thing is on the cap, I think it's a griffin, right? Yeah, yeah, it looks like a griffin. Yes, because it has the talons in the front. I think you're right. Not to mention, if, you, or if you're if you on the... Uh, 
the color text and you click on the red ale. Mm-hmm. That is Griffin Red. Okay. Uh-huh. And it has, I, I think it's a griffin. Um, it kind of looks like the Welsh flag, but a mammal instead of a dragon. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Which is cool. I like that. Um, yes. So let's open this one. These guys have been around since 1989, I saw. Uh, but this is the first time I've ever heard of them. Me too. And it's a screw-off cap, too. Oh, is it? Well, I just noticed the threads after I already pried it off. Oh, okay. Have we had a good beer with a screw top? Um, Shiner? That's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. Remind us to do the uh, the Christmas cheer next year. Oh, yeah, we should do that. That one's phenomenal. Anyway, uh, pour it? Yes, Jeremy? I did, yes. Okay, great. How's it looking? Oh, it's kind of, it's pretty dark. It's extremely dark, and it has a pretty good head on it. Uh, Michael has a little bit of an odd smell to it. Yeah, what is that? Uh, so I think you should look on the back of your bottle at the production date. Yes, I did notice that before. And this may be very, very old. Like closing in on a decade old. No, well, I think it's... D-12-16-12? But I think it's 12-11 timestamp. So I think it's three, could be three years old. 12-11 timestamp, what do you mean? So is yours a, I think the... D one two one six one two colon one one. Yeah, twelve colon one one twelve eleven. Like just after noon. Uh well then what's the what's the twelve sixteen part in the beginning then? December two thousand sixteen. But they don't put the year on there. No, the year is sixteen. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. But anyway, my point remains valid. This could valid. be potentially old. It probably is old. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping as a stout, it's resilient against that. The high IBU makes me a little nervous. Mm-hmm. So we could be in for a very interesting taste experience. I mean, it smells, there is like... There's something. A chocolatey smell, but then there's this something, a, a musty smell? It's kind of musty. Um, almost venuous, perhaps? Yes, that's a good way to say it. Yeah, because it, it almost smells like it could be like a barrel-aged type thing. Or just wine. Almost. Or just, yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, let's... Well, hear. you know what? Let's go in. Yeah, that's the only way to find out. Uh, oh, what's going on here? Oh, that's boy. an old beer. Oh, yeah. Um, hmm. Hmm. Uh-oh. Okay, so I'm just going to immediately throw an asterisk on this one. Yeah. In no way should this be taken as indicative of all their beers. It is not the brewery or the beer's fault that uh, wherever Michael got this from keeps their stock on the shelf for way too Mm-mm-mm. long. Totally. Um... I mean, it has a promising premise. It does, and you can see little glimmers of the uh, of the of that roast peeking through. Mm-hmm. But oh god, that yeah, it it kind of decays. Any any positive that, yeah. a- attributes can really decay right away into that whiny taste. It just kind of swamps all over. Yeah, it's yeah. Mm. Oh no, that's unfortunate. Well, um. Let's continue mm-hmm. because it may taste like a warm cup of tobacco chewer spit, Michael, but it's still beer. It is. It's not bad enough to do a spit take. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's just very clearly old. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, any robust flavors are very muted and um, it's the aftertaste is really uh, boggy and bland and... Like the the worst parts of the roast come mm-hmm. out. It's just that acrid taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ashy. Do you remember when Enemy of the Show Ryan 
and inherited like a crate of rhubarb wine that his father had made. At least one night I remember that coming up. I didn't realize it was rhubarb, but... Or, or what, I mean, it, may, it might not have been. But it was so old that it had this similar taste to it. But it was wine, and we were idiots, so we just assumed <laughs> that it was the way it was supposed to taste. Uh, right. It was not. It was but, not, yeah. <laughs> but I'm um, getting a similar feel from this one. Yeah. You know, when I bought this, I knew it was old. I didn't think it was... I didn't look at that date and timestamp, though. That's okay. And I think part of me said, well... It's a darker beer, so maybe it's okay. But clearly, the just because it's a dark beer does not make it invincible to bother time. Mm-hmm. I believe I had read somewhere at some point that there is a certain strength of beer. Oh, that probably has... Because this is only 5%, right? Exactly. How yeah. strong a beer for celery? Okay, from kegworks.com. Yeah. Beer Cellaring Basics, A Guide to Aging. As a general rule, beers with at least 8% ABV age best. Malty beers are typically prime candidates, while hoppy pale ales and IPAs are best when fresh. Which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Craftbeer.com says craft beers over 7% with strong flavors. But I think, if anything else, this is one of those things that we can sort of beat into a lesson. Yes. I didn't realize that the ABV cut off. That's also, you know, I just, I mean, I didn't assume, but I kind of like knew, okay, darker beers, better than hoppier beers, like you said. But the ABV didn't really pop into my brain. Mm-hmm. So that will have to be something I factor in. Mm-hmm. But at the very least, it now we know. And I guess it kind of makes sense when you think about it, because if the sugars start breaking down, like I'm assuming they're doing in this beer, there's still some that haven't broken down. Mm-hmm. that are there and or it has that booze to kind of cover up any off flavors right but right. uh yeah this one is this, is this our first true womp womp beer um like sad trombone i think i mean we've had kind of like is this normal type situations before i don't think they've ever been this obvious though but this is very blatant like yeah. first drink oh yeah that's not right I mean, I didn't want to say anything in case your beer was fine, but mm-hmm. I could tell the second I opened it up and got a whiff of it. And I wonder if the screw top has anything to do with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I doubt it, but... So rating this one's a little tricky. DNR. Mm. Do not do not rate. We've done that before. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. We had a Guinness once, uh, Mike and I, and we didn't rate it because uh, it just didn't seem right. Uh, and this one clearly is not right. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think we can... To uh, not drag the brewery for no real reason. Sure. Yeah, do not raid on this one. Perhaps we will be able to find this one at a fresher date in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we go up to Quebec. Sure. But, uh, Michael, until then, mm-hmm. with this the most anticlimactic episode <laughs> yeah. we've ever done, oh, God. how about you uh, hit the fine people with their social media plugs, or where they can reach us, rather, and why don't you write in and tell us about the oldest beer you've ever had? Oh, you know, sidetrack. When the Cubs won the World Series, uh-huh. there was a viral video floating around of the some guy who had a can of beer that he got, and he said he wouldn't drink it until the Cubs won. Uh-huh. Some I don't remember beer. this. Yeah. Ew. I think it was. It had to be at least 20, 30 years old. And, and it had to have been an old style, right? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I, I think it might have been. And it, he drank it, and 
He died, Michael. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, yeah, he died. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, that that just popped in my head. Um. But yes, you can get it in touch in a variety of ways. Twitter.com at APM Pod there. Facebook.com slash APM Pod. Email us directly, APMPod at gmail.com. Find us on Untapped, where host Emeritus Mike keeps up with all of our ratings there. Thanks, Mike. Except for this one. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Just DNR. Don't put any stars, I think. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah there we go. And then put DNR in the comments uh-huh. or whatever it is. Michael and Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. But we'll leave it at that. So for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.